0: Well, right now they're all getting rubbed downs so all the federal political leaders just trying to get, you know, release the tension after the debate in French last night as the leaders get ready for the English debate tonight, 9 p.m. carried live right here on this radio station on Global News Radio. Hope you can join us for it. This is the only debate in English, so the stakes are extraordinarily high, and especially for Justin Trudeau who has seen his lead of the polls evaporate and is now, in some cases, in some estimations, uh, running from behind. Uh, there is recent polling suggesting that the that the race has tightened and that although the conservatives would win the popular vote, that the seat count would still go to the liberals, not totally unlike what happened in 2019. But let's talk about what happened in the French language debate and also what we can expect tonight. In English, with Amanda Connolly, our political reporter here for Global News. Welcome, Amanda. How are you?
1: Thanks for having me. I am great. Looking forward to tonight.
0: I you, you, you just you like me. You're just putting out a big spread, like it's a political Super Bowl. I just I love it. I can't get enough of it.
1: Absolutely no. This is, I mean, for folks like us who who cover politics and who really live and breathe this stuff, this really is some of the most exciting moments of the campaign. Apart from, of course, election night, there is so much at stake right now for the leaders. All of them really coming into this with their own kind of unique set of circumstances that they have to consider and take into account here. All of them having things that they're trying to achieve in this debate. And again, of course, this follows the French debate last night, where I think that there there really was no. no clear winner that struck me as having really standout moments. There were certainly a handful of ones that were zingy and exciting and that kind of stuff, primarily for liberal leader, Justin Trudeau. But overall, it was not really one of those debates where you see someone really coming out uh, in, in kind of a dominant position. It was much more, well, they kind of, they did what they had to do in a couple of accounts there, but nobody really, I think, soared in that.
0: There there was the moment uh, that the Canadian press is refer- referring to as spicy, which I enjoyed Uh, That descriptor where Justin Trudeau, and I think this is what you're talking about, was talking about Quebec nationalism and being a Quebecer, and he was pretty fired up and it was kind of reminiscent of almost his, not entirely, but somewhat reminiscent of his 2015 debate performance where he was really fired up. Uh, Did you get that sense that he was trying to channel that energy?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That that was certainly one of those kind of hand, uh, handful there of standout moments. And really, I think what we were seeing there uh, is is that kind of spice that people might recall from 2015. We do tend to see that uh, from Trudeau in the French language debates. He does get kind of very fiery and passionate and things like that. It tends to come across a little bit more perhaps um, reserved or kind of calmer in the English ones. So I think we're going to be looking to see whether he brings some of that same uh, that that same. Um, Uh, fervor I guess you could say that same spice and energy to the English debates tonight but certainly that was a a, a moment where I think you're going to see a lot of Quebecers and and, uh, who were primarily a lot of the audience for that debate last night really potentially latching on to that that display of kind of passion and and kind of invigoration in the campaign that in a lot of ways has felt lacking um lacking clear direction lacking kind of a clear purpose or goal that certainly is one of those ones that will stick in people's minds I think.
0: Speaking with Amanda Connolly, is a political reporter for Global News, covering the election campaign. Um, for Mister O'Toole, it is don't put your foot in your mouth, uh, and don't squander what has been so far a pretty good campaign. I, I imagine that'll be the strategy tonight as well.
1: Yeah, so I think there's a couple of things that the O'Toole campaign is certainly keeping in mind right now. One of them, of course, as you said, there is simply not messing up. Right? No, no unforced errors. No saying things that could come back to bite the campaign. Um, On the other hand, though, I think that we're really going to see him on the defensive about his daycare plan, that kind of early child care program or or the future of that program that that they have proposed. We saw, of course, in the costing platform from the Conservatives yesterday that their plan is to effectively axe those child care deals that the government has struck with the provinces. They would honour them for one year and then transition over to the tax rebate or tax credit program Again, this, I think, is a bit of a, um, it's been a bit of a sleeper issue during the campaign because there's been so much happening with COVID in Afghanistan. But really, this is an issue, particularly in the English debate, that we're going to see, I think, a lot of attention on. There are a lot of families, so many people, particularly in kind of key battlegrounds like Ontario, who I think have very strong opinions about whether that program is needed and kind of what the effect would be for their own families. And we'll be watching really carefully for, for responses there. Uh, certainly, Justin Trudeau, I think we'll, we'll see him really attacking O'Toole over that. Again, with that kind of key 905 battleground uh, in mind, the 416, the 905 area, um, and and really pushing hard that the O'Toole plan would hurt hurt families. Again, O'Toole needs to kind of land a blow here. There hasn't been a lot that they've been able to really uh, make stick or to kind of cut down Trudeau in the debate so far. I think that they're going to be looking for that moment, something that they can share online, on social, and really show to their voters, the base, and also people who might be swing voters, considering the Tories. This is a moment that you should vote for.
0: And I'm wondering if we'll we'll see Trudeau go to the tried and true liberal move right in the debate tonight to be able to equate a vote for uh, Jagmeet Singh and the NDP, who have seemed ascendant in many ways, that a vote for that would just ensure a conservative win. Uh, do you see that play uh, coming sooner than later?
1: We've certainly started to see this, particularly, I think, as you mentioned there in the intro, as the polls have been tightening. We do tend to see this kind of as, as things come to a close here from the Liberals, really pushing that message to voters that uh, any, any split in the, I guess you would say, the progressive vote creates an opening for the Conservatives. And that, that, is, that, that is true. That's not a lie. Uh, we do know that, that that's what tends to happen when that, that side of the spectrum splinters. And so that is absolutely a message that I think that we will be, see them uh, pushing both in the debate itself as well as kind of in the, the commentary and the messaging around the debate. And, and afterwards from that, really trying to drive home here as we head into the final kind of week and a half, two weeks here, that there is uh, there is a lot at stake for all of the parties and particularly for uh, the incumbent government right now, who, of course, has the most to lose if this goes uh, goes sideways for them in a sense.
0: I want to talk about something that happened uh, following the debate. Um, Rebel Media was allowed to attend and ask questions after uh, a judge ordered that to be so. Here is Justin Trudeau um, answering, or rather not answering, a question from a Rebel Media reporter. I salute all extraordinary hardworking journalists that put science and facts at the heart of what they do and ask me tough questions every day. uh, But make sure that they are educating and informing Canadians from a broad range of perspectives, which is the last thing that you guys do. Justin Trudeau was not the only one who refused to take questions um, from Rebel Media. I'm just wondering what you made of all of that, Amanda.
1: I think one thing that we've seen kind of throughout the campaign here is really a conversation going on around Disinformation, misinformation—kind um, of what what the the level of informed public debate is going to be, particularly as we come into the fourth wave here, and, and hopefully, you know, the end of the COVID nineteen pandemic. Uh, this this really is playing out both in terms of um, political parties, in terms of commentators online, and things like that as well. And certainly, this has been messaging that the government has been putting forward for for a while now. On that particular uh, that particular exchange, I think it was. Certainly, one of those kind of handful of moments that that will do well online for the liberals. Of course, their supporters are not people who uh, will primarily be reading uh, Rebel Rebel, um, and again, those, those are not um, the writers who work for that organization. Are not people who are certainly providing news or catering to, uh, you could say, progressive voters. But uh, certainly, I think that this is again part of that broader conversation around what level of informed debate do we want to have in our electorate, and what kind of tolerance. Uh, or expectation should voters have that the information that they are getting is factual, is based in science, and is basically true.
0: Uh, I had a caller in our last segment. And I, I hate to put you on the spot, but I didn't have this at the tip of my tongue. And what was the um, what was the reasoning for the debate commission not to include include Bernier this time around when he was in the debates last time?
1: yeah this is a really interesting conversation and of course we saw this happening with the last uh, the last federal debate um, really they're, they're, um, the, the debate commission has effectively laid out uh, metrics by which they are assessing whether the leaders of the parties and the parties themselves have kind of what they're, they're deeming a um, a credible or a realistic shot at um, Uh, at at gaining seats and popular support, and also whether the parties have MPs elected under their banner. That's a Mm -hmm. really key one here, and that's a big part of the reason why Bernier was denied uh, participation in the debate previously, and this time as well, is the fact that a lot of Canadians will remember, while he was an elected MP, he was an elected Conservative MP, and he quit that party, Uh, ended up forming the People's Party and has yet to win a single MP under that banner. Uh, That really has been a key barrier to getting participation here. Annemie Paul, of course, while not elected herself, does have uh, several Green MPs who have won elected seats in the House of Commons. And so that is really the the metric there for for their participation. Of course, Elizabeth May, the former leader, herself did hold a seat for many years and and, and led kind of under that banner uh, during the debates. Again, if, if Bernier is able to win a seat either himself or, uh, or for members of his party. I, I would expect that we would see a different conversation playing out in any future debates that are happening. But so far, that, that really remains a key barrier for the party. Is they, they simply don't have anyone elected, and so they don't qualify for the debates.
0: All right. Well, pass the chips, pass the dip, because here we go, 9 p.m. tonight. Amanda, great to talk to you. Let's uh, check in again after the dust settles on this thing.
1: Always a pleasure. Absolutely.
0: That is Amanda Connolly, our political reporter for Global News.